What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Game Breakers. We are live with my guy, Edwin, back for another episode, man. And yo, what's going on, bro? Yo, why are you wearing the same badge as me, bro? You can't be wearing the same badge as me. I would dress first. Like, I've been up since 6 a.m., so I've definitely been dressed first. But look, a it's a nice shirt. No, it, it's true. I've, I've been up since 6 a.m. It's been real busy, bro. I'm not. Yeah, but you don't wear you don't wear clothes in the house, though. I know you. But look, Monday afternoon, man. How was your weekend, bro? Like, what'd you do this weekend? Any, anything uh, interesting or not? Because if it's not interesting, then you don't even got to get into it, bro. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Right? Like, like, only talk or only give a response if what you did was interesting. Okay, I guess you could say I went to AC. That was part of the weekend, so I went down there. What's AC? Atlantic City. Oh, Atlantic City. Okay, for the people that might not know what AC is. I mean, you're just saying AC. Who doesn't like know what AC is? There could be a different AC maybe in California. Like, we don't know what's going on here. You can't just say AC and expect okay. everybody to know. Sure thing, sure thing. But we went down there, had a great time, um, had some great food as well, too. Gambled a bit, lost all my money. But Oh, uh, you didn't win nothing? You said what? So you didn't win nothing? Nope. Oh, like a couple dollars my. here and there. But, like, bro, I tell you. My losses ended up being a, a great result for me because I found out about Russian Roulette and now I can't stop playing it. And they have it on FanDuel now too. So I'm just playing it on FanDuel. I'm just getting easy money and bread here and there. And I'm making hella money. <laughs> you just said that I'm you rich. lost all your money. Yo. You just said that you lost all of your money. No, I, I lost all my money in, in AC. But I have some money in FanDuel that I didn't know I could use in the casino. So I was playing with it, and I was doing the same thing I was doing at AC, and I won some money. It's actually real money. So Wait, I can so use like, that for my you... future bets. And I know I'm going to have to put in more money in my account for, like, my $10 bets here and there for my parlays. So I'm just chilling right now, man. Wait, so what? Like, what's Russian roulette exactly? Because, like, the only thing that I bet on, bro, I'm not going to lie, is just games and stuff like that. Like, I don't do, like, the bro, casino stuff bro, and all that. Bro. Bump all that. Bump all that. You have to get into Russian roulette. I'm telling you, bro. Trust me. Trust okay. me when I tell you this because well, break it down. I'm breaking it down, breaking it down. All right, so okay. basically, we have two colors, red and black, right? From what I understand, two colors, red and black. The numbers go from one to I believe 36 in like four and like uh rows of four. No, no, yeah, rows of four, one, two, three, four, all the way down to 36, right? Okay. And it's red, black, red, black, red, black, and there's a double zero and there's a single zero, which are both green. So basically is that you are putting down coins or how much you want to bet um to try and guess what number or what color it'll be so for instance they have sections of just guessing on red so you have like about a 48 percent chance to guess it and get it right you know you have a chance of picking a single number as in picking like a red three or whatever or just a three in general and then hitting on that you win a lot of money through that so I mean, it's different things. You have to play to understand it. But so far, I've just been betting on just red or even at odds um, and just winning money through that. And it's been... So, I mean, so, like, have like you won a lot? Chance. Like, have you, you won a lot so far? All your money like that, you know? Like, have you won a lot so far? Yeah, I would say that. So when I first started playing, I had like about $50 in casino that I didn't really use prior to okay. then. And then okay. when I started playing, which about was two days ago, now I'm up to like around 171 you know what I'm saying? Just by and, guessing. Yeah, I mean, like, it sounds good, but I'm not interested. It sounds complicated. Bro, it sounds bro, bro. It sounds like you got to be paying attention. Yo, bro, it sounds like you got to be paying attention and whatnot. But look. You don't have to pay attention. I'm glad that you have you fun in this, though. Look, man, let's move on. Let's move on. I'm like, telling you. Will, bro, Will, listen, you're listen. You're boring me here. Listen, I, I don't listen, listen. 
listen to me. I'm telling you, bro. Be yo, chill, chill. Be honest. Like, bro, the money that you use to put into your account could be made off a Russian roulette. You could just brother use that money. Is this gambling class 101 or yes, is this gambling, man? It is. No, look, man. No, I don't want to hear about this. Look, the Godfather now. Guy. It sounds boring. I'm gonna just stick to betting boring, on what right, I have been betting on. That's what's been boring. working for me. Like, you just gave me this whole essay lecture, and it sounds confusing. Like, it doesn't even sound fun, and it sounds boring. You probably got to watch your phone. And then when you gamble online, how do I know that they don't automate the machines to cheat me so that I don't win a lot? It, you it's know, like, know. It's, it's, it's live. It's live Russian roulette. It's live? Oh, okay. It's okay, live. Okay. All yeah, right. All right. Yeah. But look. Yo, I, I never look. knew that making money was boring. I never knew that. So, hey. No. It's no, certain, no, certain kind of making money is boring. That's why people hate their jobs. Because they're making money, but they hate their job because they either don't like what they do or or like they're bored. So people hate their jobs all the time and they you make gambling. money. So no, you, no, 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 we had that bet on Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield on who will be named the week recall. one starter. I don't recall. And you said Sam Bumchise Darnold was going to be the starting quarterback week one. And what did we get before we record this episode? Matt Rule says that Baker Mayfield will at least start week one for the Carolina Panthers. Now, again, Sam Darnold might end up starting more game season because maybe Baker might go in there and stink it up. Too bad that's not what the bet was for. So before we even so wait, so before I even let you give your loser speech, right? I do want to say, yes, I am gonna get a ribeye and a lobster tail. You don't even eat steak on your dime. I eat steak. You feel me? And (laughs) hurry up, bro. Hurry up, hurry up. Now look really quickly. As I said when we talked about this before. Obviously, Baker and Sam Darnold, there's not that much that separates them. Yes, I do believe that Baker is the better quarterback, but they both are average to below average quarterbacks. We both understand that. But as I said to Edwin the other day, was that Baker Mayfield was going to have a longer leash than what Sam Darnold was because Sam Darnold was already kind of in this system and he didn't perform that well. So when they trade a fifth round pick to bring in Baker, of course, Baker is going to kind of get more favoritism because if Sam Darnold performed the way that he should have, then they wouldn't have brought Baker in in the first place. So I'm not surprised at all. And, you know, Matt Rule is a smart man, and I want to thank him for this free meal on Edwin. But go ahead, bro. Tell me what you think about this. I have no words about this, to be honest. I don't really care. But Matt Rule, you're a terrible coach. I'm not sure why you chose Baker because he's not going to win you any games. He may win you the first game, and that's about it. But that's because he's going against his former team. But either way, though, I, I would have rolled with Sam Donald. I think that he has more talent, much more athleticism than Baker Mayfield and can make more plays than Baker Mayfield. And on top of that, he, yes, Will Cleveland, he has an edge because he knows the system. System is a little bit different now. It was not the same last year as it is this year. So it's a bit different. But either way, though, I feel like this whole QB competition was rigged. Did not give my boy Donald a chance to really give his props and play great this preseason. They already gave the starting job to Baker Mayfield, which is stupid to me. I don't understand how you could do that. If you want to call it an open QB competition, then make it a QB competition. Don't just give him the job. It's Baker's job to lose? What are you talking about here? But either way, though, I don't care. Mm-hmm. It is what it okay. is. Okay. But shouldn't you say, just really quickly, but wouldn't you say that 
Sam Darnold kind of already had the opportunity to secure the start. Well, yeah, well, to secure that job and to be the Carolina Panthers quarterback of the future. But given that his play was so poor last season, now you bring in Baker. I mean, you kind of already saw what Sam Darnold can do in this offense. And you got to figure that Baker can't do much worse than what Sam Darnold can. So to me, the bar was already on the floor in terms of quarterback performances when they brought in Baker Mayfield. Would you not agree? I would agree to an extent because I do okay. believe that different seasons can bring out different players, right? So Sam Donald could have been a, he could have been a bum last year, which he kind of was, but this year he could have had a much more of an improved play. Daniel Jones okay. was a bum two years ago, and so far so good. He's looking great this preseason. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. This guy Daniel Jones is playing some good football, but that's what I'm talking about when it comes to like different years, different seasons. The fact that Bacon Mayfield was there now could have brought out a different kind of competition in Sam Darnold that he didn't have last year to push him to being a better QB. So it's definitely – it goes both ways for me. Yeah, but I think most of the blame has to be on Sam Darnold for losing the court, like the quarterback battle because, like, he had the advantage. He was there a year before Baker. So, you know, even though, you know, we can kind of say, oh, you know, well, he wasn't given a fair chance or, you know, Matt Rule's a bad coach, bad decision – Nah, he's not like Darnold has to take a lot of that blame as well because that was Darnold's job to lose. And if Darnold performed well, Baker wouldn't even be here. So, you know, I do think it's the right move. They're probably not going to be a good team anyways. So, in my opinion, Baker, again, cannot do much worse than what Sam Darnold did. So, if anything, you'll kind of get the same level of production. But at least now you're going to maybe get something different than what you saw last year. So, you know, we'll see how that breaks out. And, and I and I actually do think that them playing the Browns also worked in Baker's okay. favor as well, as I kind of brought up last week when you kind of said that didn't really matter as much. But, you know, I feel like that does give the Panthers, especially now that Watson's out, and the Browns are still a better team without Watson than the Panthers, just overall as a unit. But you are going to get a fired-up Baker Mayfield week one. And I think that he's like, all right, if this guy doesn't do anything else this season, week one, he should be coming out hot at least. For this week. So I think that also kind of played into his favor as well. But, you know, I guess we'll have to see how it goes on. Do you think that Sam Darnold will start at any time this season? Or do you think that Baker will kind of keep hold of the job for a majority of the season? Um, I, I don't, but it's possible because I, I saw a, a statement that would actually I saw a, a vision where like I, I would see Sam Donald being the starter of week one and then he would probably not play as well. And then they would make the switch to go to Baker Mayfield. That's what I believe would happen. But now that Baker right. Mayfield is a starter, unless he stinks it up, which he may or may not do, I can't yeah. really see Sam Donald playing as much. And now that Baker is a starter, a bold prediction that Skip Baylor said that he believes the Panthers are a wild card team this year. So keep on the lookout for that. Ooh, wild card team. Now, I can't say that I agree with that. I think that the Panthers would be a little bit better than they were last season, but I don't know about making the playoffs. I still don't think that that team's that good. And a large part of what they have going on is going to depend on CMC as well. So we got to see what his health is going to look like. Yes. But let's talk about another starting quarterback, though, because Lamar Jackson, right? We talked about him, I think, the last episode. This guy has to get paid. Now, according to Pro Football Talk, the Ravens reportedly offered Lamar Jackson more than Colin Murray uh, received. But the – wait. Okay. I'll be that kind of wrong. My fault. Like, my eyes deceive me. So, Ravens reportedly have offered Lamar Jackson more than Colin Murray received, but the Deshaun Watson contract complicates things. Now, I did see that Lamar Jackson reportedly wants the same guarantees as a Deshaun Watson, and I think kind of wants the same contract as Lamar Jackson, I mean, as Deshaun Watson. So what do you think about Lamar Jackson's contract situation? I mean, I know that we did talk about it just really recently, but do you think that he's worth that Deshaun Watson money? 
And do you think that he's owed that? Um, so it's it's very difficult, right? Because Deshaun Watson's owed forty six million in the next five years, which is all fully guaranteed, by the way. So that's insane. So he kind of wants around that same kind of guaranteed money, I'm guessing. And overall, the reports is that he would have uh, a six year, two hundred and fifty four million contract if he does get around that kind of contract that Watson got last year. So or this year for that matter. So um, it is tough, but I will say that it shouldn't really matter to be honest, because if you think that. Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson are in the same realm of QBs and baiting on who's better or not. You have to know that if they're at least in the same kind of retrospective of things, then you would give Lamar Jackson that kind of money. Why? Because he is the leader of your team. He makes that team go and makes that team click. Yes, you do have Huntley back there, but he is no Lamar Jackson, as we keep on saying over and over again. And on top of that, I feel like he's earned it to the point where he can evolve and he can get better every single year, which I have seen so far from Lamar Jackson. So it shouldn't be a case of if he's better than Deshaun Watson. I mean, that's debatable. I think he kind of is, uh, depending on how he will uh, elevate his game and how he will become a better thrower than he is every year. But either way, though, you give him the contract, you give him the extension, and you keep him happy. Why? Because the Ravens have a chance this year. Don't really have the Browns in the mix anymore. The Steelers are going through a transitionary period, and you only have the Bengals to worry about, and they have a tough schedule this year. So you don't want to have Lamar Jackson come over here and play on a, on a contract that he is being forced to, to play on when he wants to have that security moving forward, right? And he can have that in the back of his mind, um, and that could cause him to not play well in games as opposed to him getting everything settled. And you have the full throw of trying to win the division this year and keep on going further and make a noise in the playoffs. So to me, this is a, a great season for them to do that. And you can't have these kind of distractions moving forward for the Ravens organization. So interesting point that you made there. Um, I do want to kind of touch upon the fact that you said forced to play on like a bad contract or without a contract. Uh, one, I mean, you kind of see what players do when they don't get the contracts or when it's kind of taking too long. I cannot see Lamar Jackson playing unless he gets the contract that he wants. I think that he will sit out if it's not done by the time that the season starts. I suspect yeah. it to be done by the time the season starts because the Ravens know that they need Lamar Jackson. They can't afford for Lamar Jackson to sit out. They can't afford for him to miss any games. They can't afford to make him unhappy. So I do think that he will get this deal. I think that he will get a contract similar to Deshaun Watson, maybe not as much, but I think that it will not be that far off, if anything. And on to your point on if he's better than Deshaun Watson, I don't think that he's better than Deshaun Watson. I think he's more explosive. I think he's more dynamic than Watson. But as a quarterback, I do not think that – not Bayman, but Lamar Jackson is on the same play, playing field as a Deshaun Watson. Now, the argument could be made, we don't know how Watson's going to come back from injury, which then can cause him to look rusty, not look as good. But if he's a Deshaun Watson that we know from Houston – Lamar Jackson is not as a quarterback is nowhere near as good as Deshaun Watson. Now, what I will say though, yeah, nowhere near. Now, what makes Lamar Jackson be in this top quarterback conversation is because of how explosive he is because of his legs. But if we're talking about purely as a passer, he's not as good of a quarterback as Deshaun Watson. He's not, in my opinion. Now, I would rather have Deshaun Watson on my team because Watson is mobile. Now, not as mobile as Lamar Jackson, but he's much better as a passer as well. So what I will say to you is with you saying that you've seen Lamar Jackson improve every single year, I will agree with you. I think that Lamar Jackson has taken strides every year. But what has Lamar Jackson done in the playoffs when it really does matter? What has Deshaun Watson done when the playoffs when it matters? Blew a 24 well, lead against the Chiefs on the road. You can't do that. When you're well, yeah. that big, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, so, you can say that. But at the same time, though, Deshaun Watson 
hasn't had a team as good as Lamar Jackson's had with the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens always have like a like a very good defensive unit. On top of that, their offense has like led the league uh, in rushing. I know he's a big part of that, but what I'm saying is Deshaun Watson, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't really remember the Deshaun Watson looking terrible in the playoffs. Now, yes, it is a team game. So you can't just say, oh, well, the 24-0 lead, because that's a because a large part of that, yes, like it is on Watson, but that's also on his defense as well. Why aren't they getting stops? But again, Watson does get some blame because you are the quarterback. Why are you not scoring more points to extend the lead? But you can say that he kind of did his job to kind of be able to ease and slow down the game, right? But Lamar Jackson, in like the playoffs, he, he hasn't looked good really like at all. Like it's like night and day from Lamar Jackson in the regular season versus Lamar Jackson in the postseason. So I can kind of see where the Ravens maybe might not want to give him that big deal because he hasn't proven it yet when it really matters. He hasn't proven it yet when it really matters. I get that. But in those situations, he was pretty young. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he was still learning, right? And he had a case of one playoff game where his receivers were dropping every ball thrown their way, right? If you can remember that playoff game against the Titans where they were just, they had chances. They were home that game too. They couldn't get the job done. And that's what it was. Now, like I said before, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, to me, are on the same playing field. Now, yes, Deshaun Watson's a better QB pocket passer than Lamar Jackson is, but Lamar Jackson is improving every year, and his completion percentage, his touchdown to interception ratio is great. So I'm looking for him to continue that aspect of his game. You're right. Deshaun Watson coming back, I'm not sure exactly how he's going to play. and he, If he plays anything similar to what he did in Houston when he had that spectacular year, with JJ Watt and all these other players, right? Then he could be that guy, and we won't even talk about who's better QB at this point in time. But to say okay. that he's nowhere near is kind of a stretch to me, though. It's, no, they're, as they're a quarterback, n- yes, they're both top 10. But Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, is only top 10 because of how explosive that he is. So the fact that he can either beat you with sometimes his arm, but more times than not, his legs, because now how do you defend against him? You can't really defend against a player like, like, like it's hard. It, like, it's very hard to defend against a player like Lamar Jackson. So now the Ravens, they missed the playoffs last year, correct, right? Yes. Okay, now, do you know that Lamar Jackson has a passer rating of 68.3 with 900 yards, three touchdowns, and five interceptions in four playoff games throughout his career? He's only played four playoff games. 900 yards, three touchdowns, four interceptions, no, five interceptions, sorry, five interceptions in four games. A 68.3 passer rating. Bro, that's terrible. Especially for a quarterback that is supposed to be top 10 and that is looking to get probably the biggest quarterback contract to date. Like, that's, bro, like, that's terrible. And I get what you're saying with, you know, receivers dropping passes sometimes. And, yes, that happens. And, you know, I'm I'm not putting all the blame onto him. But it's not good enough. And you can say, like, that's – like, that's terrible, bro. Like, that's really terrible. And Deshaun you know, Watson had a 69.7 his first year. No, his first year. But this is, but this, wait, but what I just read you off was not his first year. This is his, this is his playoff career. He has three touchdowns and five interceptions in the playoffs throughout his career. A 68.3 passer rating in his career. 900 yards. Understood. In four games. In his career in the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. So to kind of expect, such a huge contract. Again, I think that he deserves it. So we're on the same, you know, like we're in the same um, like ideology of he does deserve to get paid. This is not what, it's not what I'm arguing against. I'm not okay. saying he does not deserve it. But what I'm saying is I can kind of understand 
maybe why the Ravens don't want to give him as much money. Mm, I I can't understand that to be honest, because once again, you just see the he, he like I keep on stressing this. He's improving every single season, and he's throwing more touchdowns in one single season than Sean Watson has. You know, that's just I mean, it's not a big uh, statistic, but it still means something. If you call him a better QB passer than he is, right? Then how come he didn't throw out for him in touchdowns one season? And Sean Watson did that, right? He has not yeah. ever, actually no, sorry. Lamar Jackson has done that before. Deshaun Watson has never done that. Lamar Jackson yeah. has won an MVP. Deshaun Watson has never won an MVP. So like, yeah, it's, it's okay, man, level let's, here. okay, wait, and let's... I, I get what you say it again. No, go ahead. No, I say I, I get what you're saying about okay. the playoffs, right? Because a team like the Ravens, they focus on running the football, and once a team takes away that aspect of the game and they're not leading, then it becomes an issue of whether or not Lamar Jackson can throw this team back into the game or win the game through his. Uh, his throwing ability. I get that. But he's still improving. So I feel like once it comes down to a team taking away that running game that they so pride themselves on, and if it comes down to Lamar Jackson throwing his way into the game, he's going to be able to deliver, if I'm being honest here. Yeah, so I don't well, really you say that he will be. Money. Okay, well, you can say that he will deliver, but he hasn't so far. And okay. I know that you want to kind of compare Deshaun Watson's playoff stats. It's night and day again. Um, because so Deshaun Watson has a passer rating of 91.0 uh, in the playoffs with 870 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception in only three playoff games. Now, to your point of Lamar Jackson's kind of individual achievements, let's not act like Lamar Jackson wins the MVP if he cannot run the way that he can. Let's just like let's not even act like he only won that because he's just a fantastic thrower of the ball. That's not why he won that. He's very dynamic again, as I said. That running ability is something that Watson does not have. Also, you can, you know, you're big on coaching, right? Yes. Um, the Ravens are a much better coach team. The Ravens are have always been a better team than what you could say that the Texans have been, uh, yes. especially as long as I can remember. Now, maybe there's been a time where the Texans were better than the Ravens. I can't remember that time, though. But as of right now, Lamar Jackson has had everything in his favor in, uh, in Baltimore versus what Deshaun Watson had in Houston. That's all that I'm saying, bro. Again, I'm not saying that he does not deserve to be paid, but he's not as good of a quarterback as Lamar Jack, I mean, as Deshaun Watson is. He's just not, bro. So do you think he's a product of the system? Yes, yes. Because I do think that to have Lamar Jackson be successful, you have to tailor your offense to him, like what the Ravens did. The Ravens, like, let's say, if they kind of kept that old system that they had when Joe Flacco was under uh, the center, right? I don't think that Lamar Jackson would be as good as he is right now. I think that he still would have been decent, though, because when you have an athlete like that who can still run the ball and kind of make, you know, plays with his arm, you know, it's going to be hard for him to not be good. Like, I, you know, like there's no scenario in which I don't think that Lamar is as good as he is. But I don't think that he would be as dynamic as he is right now if they didn't switch up their whole offense for him. Yes. Like, I don't think that Lamar can go to, to, to just like any team, go in their system and be as successful as he is with the Ravens. That's kind of like what I'm saying. Well, that, that, do you think that for Deshaun Watson then? I think Deshaun Watson can go to more teams than Lamar Jackson without them switching up their system and be more successful, yes. I think that he can go to more teams and do that. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. But, again, just so whoever's listening, no, nobody's – I'm not – well, no, because they won't confuse your argument. But I'm not saying that he should not get paid. He does deserve that money, and the Ravens are kind of in a no situation to not pay him. It's just – I don't know if he should get more than Watson, but yeah, my opinion, they both like they're both top 10 quarterbacks, but I think Watson's there for being more so of a quarterback versus 
Lamar Jackson, who's in that top 10 for the overall package of his legs as well. So, and I, and you know, I think that's not fair to, you know, like Lamar Jackson as well to kind of bring up his legs, but you kind of, I mean, like you got to talk about it because <laughs> like he's so good at running the ball because Watson's mobile as well. Like let's not, you know, act yeah. like Watson is just a pure pocket passer. Yeah. But Watson more so gets it done with his arm where I feel like it's kind of 50, 50 with Lamar on his arm versus legs. You know, it's just like, cause he could beat you like either way. So. Well, yes, I, I, I get what you're saying, you know, and yeah. you make a valid point with that. Uh, but I just think that when it comes down to it, if you're both top 10, and this is my personal belief, like if you have two guys who are top 10 and yeah. they are the guy for your team, it shouldn't yeah. really matter how much money you give them or like competing to see who outpays or who, who outgains the other in, in wages salary for that matter. Because if they're both great at what they do, then you should just give them the money regardless. So it shouldn't be a problem okay. for you. Okay, yeah, and I do think that he will get paid, and I think it has to happen in, like, the next two weeks, bro, because the season's, like, what, 18 days away? Mm. So what's that about, three weeks, basically? Like, he has to get paid before the season starts, and the guy is still going to practice. As we talked about last week, bro, why are you going to practice? You're not making them feel any pressure. Right now, if you're the Ravens, you're probably thinking, hey, maybe you could just give them this contract during the season. But no, because there's always that possibility because, you know, like, Lamar Jackson likes to run around a lot and all that, that he can get hurt, Lamar. Sit out, bro. Trust me. Trust me. It will work in your favor. Yeah, like they will feel the pressure. Do not risk an injury, bro. This is generational wealth here that you possibly playing with. Don't take the risk, bro. Please. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. But we have to agree to disagree kind of on the Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson kind of debate. I mean, so you think that Lamar is better than Deshaun Watson? I said no, I said depending on how he enhances his throwing mechanisms, I think he will get better. I don't think he's better okay. right now. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Now, look, talk to me about Kevin Durant, man. Look, another day, more rumors, right? So the Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies, have made doing Kyrie's to the Nets and trading for Kevin Durant per shams. Memphis has five first-round draft picks they can include in a trade. Talk to me about this right here, man. Kevin Durant to the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, do you think this is a deal that can happen? No, this is so stupid. Once again, I mean, are people really paying attention to what the Nets are asking for in a possible deal? They said they wouldn't trade Jaron Jackson or, um, what's his guy's name, Desmond Bain. So who the hell are you going to trade on that team? They're like, it makes no sense. Like, they're asking for win-now players, and you want to offer Dylan Brooks, of all people. You're like, come on, like let's, let's make it make sense here. Like, unless you're going to give up John Morant, which I doubt they would do, but it's very possible since they don't trade these other players. It's still possible, right? Don't 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 try and distinguish that possibility. But still, nah, they can't trade John Morant if Ben Simmons is on the team because you can't yes, trade. Yeah, that, that's also true Jamal. too. So you know, like you, if you don't want to give up Jaron Jackson and Desmond Bain, who are actually like they're the best players on the Grizzlies with John Morant, but they're not even win now players on that team. I mean, for the for that team, they are, yeah. but they're not win now players. You know what I mean? Like so on their own, like standalone. Yes, like standalone, they're not win now. Okay, yeah, yes, I go yes, saying. indeed. So, what do the Grizzlies really have to offer here? The only enticing part is the five first round picks. That's it. But everything else is like what? But what that's not even enticing, bro. That's not even enticing because see, what a lot of people fail to realize is that the Brooklyn Nets do not own their next like four first round picks. The Houston Texans own those picks. Cannot trust enough. People always say the Nets should trade KD, trade Ky- Kyrie, and rebuild. They cannot do that because if they they tank or rebuild, Houston's getting top picks. The Nets cannot – now, if the Nets probably had those picks, if if they own those picks, I'm pretty sure that maybe they would be willing to just rebuild. 
but they can't afford to do it. They cannot. So the only way that these players get moved is for win now players. Now for the Memphis Grizzlies to come out and say, or I didn't see that report. So the, the fact that you even brought that up, I didn't even see that. Now, if it's true that they don't want to give up Jaron Jackson and Desmond Baines, that's the start of the conversation. It's those two <laughs> players have to be included. That's to even me. That's for me to even answer the phone. That's On top of yes, that's yes, fine. we also do want some first round picks, even though like they don't really mean as much because we're trying to compete now. We still do want some of them picks as well. Don't get that confused. But Desmond Baines and Jaron Jackson, yes, they're solid players and they're good pieces. But the Memphis Grizzlies aren't contenders with them. The Memphis Grizzlies are not going to make that much noise, in my opinion, in terms of a championship run with this current roster. So I understand why they would want to go for a Kevin Durant because that would elevate them greatly. But people just act like the Brooklyn Nets are just a team that you can just push over and offer them scraps. Bro, the Brooklyn Nets are asking for Ruth Chris, but the Memphis Grizzlies are trying to take them to Burger King. And like, it's just like, bro, like, where are we at here? Like, we're nowhere near where the expectations should be met at. There is no way in hell that Kevin Durant ends up on the Memphis Grizzlies. There's none. And actually, I'm actually lying to you, bro. I Now that I'm thinking about it. You lying to me? Yeah, because now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not even answering the Grizzlies' phone call for Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson. If John Durant's not one of those two players, we have nothing to talk about. And I know that the Nets have Ben Simmons. So with the whole contract stuff, John Morant just got the rookie max. So you can't trade him there because Ben Simmons is there because of his contract. That rule is stupid as hell, by the way. I don't really see the point of that rule. Mm. But look, we got to work some now. Get a third team involved then maybe. Because yeah. this deal, there's nothing to talk about if John Morant's not included. On top of first round picks and Desmond Bain. So I tell you what, you can keep Jaron Jackson. Or switch it up. Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain. I don't care which one you group with John Morant. But if he's not included in this deal, there's nothing to talk about. Nothing. Nothing, about. nothing bro. I, I thought Come you wanted now. to go to Roof Chris. You freaking yeah, bro. Dumb. Like, I want Roof Chris. And that's like if you said, you know what, bro, instead of Roof Chris, let's go to Popeyes. Now look, Popeye's not bad. And I, I do Popeyes. enjoy me some Popeyes. I love Popeyes. But it's not Roof Chris. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could get of Popeyes course. any day of the week. But of I'm course. not going to Roof Chris any day of the week. Of Come course. on, man. There's just no <laughs> way that the Grizzlies. But, look, I do suspect that every team has called the Nets. Like, there's probably not one team in the NBA that's not called the Nets to inquire about Kevin Durant. So, I don't necessarily know how much these reports really matter. They probably testing the waters. You know, let's see what the Nets really are expecting. And the Nets asking price is too high because the Nets cannot afford to take. I'm telling you guys right now, Kevin Durant will be a Brooklyn Net. No team is going to be willing to give up as much as, he's, as the Nets need. Because even if he sits out, it still does not make sense for the Nets to just trade him for nothing. Like, they, like they're going to need him. And plus, Kevin Durant's not going to sit out. I think everybody that's close to Kevin Durant, even Matt Barnes, said that he knows KD and he knows that KD's not going to sit out. Like, because Kevin Durant just wants to play basketball. And, you know, you see, like, the offseason picks. He's working out with, with Kyrie Irving. So that can kind of end the speculation that, you know, maybe he's opting out because him and Kyrie don't have that good of a relationship, right? So that can kind of put that to bed, per se, because if you have beef with the player or if you don't want to play with them next season, and if they are your teammate, and if it's known that you don't want to be cool with them, right, or play yeah, with so them. Yeah, you wouldn't work out with them. Yeah, like, why are you spending time together in the offseason, in L.A., wherever? It makes no sense. Yeah. So they clearly are still cool. Run it back. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. That's, that's the only possible logical thing that works for the Brooklyn Nets. There's nothing else that the Nets can get that will have them in a position like they are in right now. Yeah, I mean, like, if you if you add a third team there, then maybe we're talking Jaron Jackson, another superstar, or maybe even John Morant, another impact player, and then you trade Kevin Durant to the Grizzlies. But 
other than that, man, there's no possible way. I mean, I was so shocked at reading this post because to say you don't want to trade these two players where they're not even considered, in my opinion, win-now players is blasphemy to me. Jaron Jackson yeah. is, a, is a rising star, but he's not a win-now player. Desmond Bain played well last season in the offseason as well, too. Sorry, in the postseason as well, too. But not a win-now player. They don't really have any win-now player except for John Morant. So you can't really – like, it makes no sense yeah. to me at all. Like, this should not be – a topic of discussion, but somehow, some way it is. <laughs> Here we are, right? Here we, Here are. we are. Now, you know what's actually funny? I would not trade for John Morant. Like, so when I say bring that third team in, mm. that's because we're going to need another superstar because yes. I don't want to get rid of Ben Simmons. Like, I, bro, like, and like, I know that like, you know, and like, I know that people are not high on Ben Simmons. We like, we all have recency bias and all this stuff about what's going on the past season. And then, you know, what happened that last game with Philadelphia but I'm I'm a really big believer in Ben Simmons with this team right here. I think, you know, we have all the pieces for Ben Simmons to be successful. In terms of Ben Simmons, I think he leads the league in most assists to three-point shooters. The Nets are filled right now with shooters. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, Ben Simmons will really – I think he's going to really kill it in Brooklyn, especially next season if we kind of can keep this team together. But I know it's going to sound crazy, but I'd rather a third team be involved so that we can get maybe another team's superstar – to pair with Ben Simmons versus having to get rid of Ben Simmons. Like, I, I really don't want to get rid of him, bro. 6'10 point guard can guard the one through the five, can take away the defensive responsibilities of Kevin Durant and, you know, can make life easier, like, on these guys, especially in the transition. So yeah. it sounds crazy, and I'm surprised that you didn't get on me for saying it. But, like, I I wouldn't get rid of Ben Simmons for John Morant. Like, I wouldn't. It sounds crazy. I know. But I'm just that big of a believer in Ben Simmons and what he has to offer. I'm not gonna entertain that nonsense, but um, yeah, it is what it is. I'll I'll let you rock with this one. I'll I'll give you a free pass for today. I really will because what I appreciate hell? that, man. What now, yo, what, speaking of trade rumors, uh, you know, there's a rumor out there, right? Now, nothing from anybody that I take too serious. You know, an article from LakersDaily.com that oh, yeah. NBA executives envision a scenario which the Lakers trade Anthony Davis to the Bulls for Zach Levine. Zach Levine now. Who AD to the Bulls, Zach Levine to the Lakers. Rumor out there, right? Yeah. What do you think about that? I'm not doing that trade. If I was the, if I was Lakers, I would do that trade. If I was the Bulls, I would not do that trade. Why? Hmm. Because, yes, AD does provide size, defense, and they were terrible. I mean, terrible last year and rebounding and just overall impacting the paint. And Vucevic is not a center. I mean, he's played center in the past. He's not a center. He's an under, he's an undersized center at that too for me. And if he's not undersized in your opinion, he's small. He's not that big. He's not really physical in the paint. So that's why I don't think he's a center. He's a good power forward. But either way what? though, if you add AD to Butchvich, that's a great pairing right there. But AD has played 76 games in the past two seasons. That is not good enough. I'm sorry, it's not. And for me to trade away my superstar who can carry us to games, I'm not saying AD cannot carry you to guys to games, but Zach Levine is that guy. I mean, like, all you got to do is get a good center, and they got that last year offseason by signing Andre Drummond, too. So you don't really need the size as much as you did before because you have a great rebounder and Drummond now. So it's pretty yeah. much taken care of. I wouldn't make this deal at all. But for the Lakers, though, you get Zach Levine, similar to Kyrie, provide some perimeter scoring, some shooting, some off-the-dribble attacking, and overall a great scorer on the team that can help out LeBron James and hopefully – take the load off of him for just scoring abilities and just trying to shoulder him for anything that regards to leading the team. So I like that move for the Lakers. 
it would be a terrible move for the Bulls. Terrible move for the Bulls, indeed. Okay, so yes and no for me, right? No! Wait, 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 wait. Hold, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. First, let's talk about that Vucevic point. The guy is 6'10", 260 pounds. Undersized, I think that's a that's a very big – I think he's <laughs> 6'10", 260. I mean, how, uh, how is he undersized? How tall do you think? How big do you think most centers are? But most centers are about six ten, around the same size as him. Also, also, hold on, wait, hold on, wait, bro. Like, also to your other point, Vucevic has only ever played center, really. I mean, for his whole career, he's been a center. So to say that you think that he's a power forward, I mean, you rarely seen him play power forward. No, I so, think he's a good power forward. No, so if Anthony Davis, listen, before you continue, wait, I don't wait. think he's a good center. I don't think he's a good center. Okay. He's a good no. power forward. Vucevic, he never. But you're only saying that he's a good power forward because you've seen how good he is at center. He's rarely played power forward. So if Anthony Davis was traded to the Chicago Bulls, AD has traditionally played power forward. So he'd be the four, and the guy that traditionally played the five will play the five. Either way, you can rotate it. I think big men in the NBA should be able to rotate, whether you're a power forward or unless you're like Andre Drummond, where you're just like a rebound specialist, you should be at the five always. Yeah. But the NBA is kind of shying away from power forward center. It's more of here's a big man, bro. Like, get out yeah. there and do what you got to do. Now, I think the Lakers, yes, I think it'd be a good trade for the Lakers. And, but I also think that it would be a good trade for the Bulls, the same way that you kind of brought up about how the Bulls defensively are not that good. Now, they do have Andre Drummond now, and Andre Drummond is solid, you know, great rebounder, solid defensive big man, right? Like, you can't really bully him around because he's big as hell. So you can't really yeah. bully him around. But whoa, whoa. Anthony Davis is like night and day. Anthony Davis would be their like their best big man. And you can say that the Bulls need big man help. On top of that, Anthony Davis is from Chicago. You know, he might be a little bit motivated to go back there and play. Now, what I will say, though, is if you're the Lakers, getting Zach Levine would be fantastic. But if you trade away Anthony Davis, your front court is terrible. I mean, who who even Anthony Davis' backup? Damian Jones. And then who would be their starting center? I think he'd be the center. Who'd be there for? Who'd be there for? Uh, I don't know. I, I... Exactly. So if you if you trade away AD, you got a big hole. Let me look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know. But if you trade away Anthony Davis, you have a big hole in your front court. I mean, that'd probably be one of the worst front court pairings in the NBA if you're ready Anthony Davis. Like, right or am mm-hmm. I right? It's a big hole right there. I mean, yeah, exactly. right now they have Stanley Johnson as a, as a, as a power forward. A- exactly. So what I'm saying is... <laughs> I mean, okay, you have Wendell Gabriel as a, as a power forward. He played all right in the in a couple games he played last year, the Lakers. Anyways. Listen, you, I'm giving you, you options. Him, no, no, yeah, you give me the options. But let's be real. Those are some terrible options, right? It depends on what you want to do with the offense. Uh, but I think from a point of view of position-wise... It would not make sense for the Lakers to get rid of Anthony Davis. Now, look, maybe, maybe you could send Westbrook and th- and two first round pick, three Hell first yeah. round picks to the Bulls Zach Levine. Maybe Hell you could do that. I think, yo, you brought up the Kyrie Irving thing, right? If I'm being real with you, I would rather take Zach Levine right now over Kyrie Irving on my team. I, I think mean, that's, not, that's fair. They're both they're both great offensive players. Zach Levine. I mean, you can say that Kyrie's maybe better, but Zach Levine is more explosive. Zach Levine can score, I think, you know, whether he can dunk on you or he can light you up from three, from mid, and he's bigger. And let's be real, I know that Zach Levine will be there. Like, there's really no question marks to Zach Levine's character. 
So if I'm yes. the Lakers, if Zach Levine's even a possibility in terms of I can still keep Anthony Davis, I'd pursue that over pursuing Kyrie Irving. That's what I'm saying personally. Um, but yeah, the Lakers, it would be like I think they'd be worse if they traded Anthony Davis off that team because they don't have anybody that can step up and even be somewhat productive. Like Stanley Johnson, Damian Jones, uh, Wenyan Gabriel. Are you kidding me? Didn't Wenyan Gabriel get signed on a 10-day last year? And then they made him like a and same thing with Stanley Johnson, I think. Bro, no, like you need a D for the pure fact is you have nobody else there. Now, again. If the Bulls would entertain Westbrook, three first-round picks, I don't know. But if they would entertain it, that's the, the nasty deal to be made. Um, and I, I'm very high on Zach Levine. I think that he's one of the best shooting guards in the NBA right now. And yeah. I like him more than DeMar DeRozan. I think that he's the Bulls' best player, in my opinion. I think he'll score for more ways. And, you know, he's not as good defensively as DeMar DeRozan is. But if I had to pick one, I'm taking Zach Levine. Man, I think he's that team's best player. He's the best player, but Lamar, the uh, the Rosen showed up more times than not for the Bulls last year. Fair enough, fair enough. Right. But but what I will say though is that Demar Derozan he is seen as a better player than Zach Levine. I think just the general consensus is that Demar Derozan is a better player than Zach Levine. I mean, he's been around longer. I think he's made more All Star teams. Like he's kind of proved it. You could say longer. Yes. You know, like he's been a part of teams that you know competed or or were contenders with the Raptors. So I understand why. So. Once Zach, well, once Demar went there, he automatically became the team's number one option. Yes. So, you know, it makes sense that he did perform better, and I'm not going to argue that. But to me, I think that Zach Levine, I would rather have him than Demar Derozan. I agree. And I mean, he is younger too, so he has that bit of an age gap as well. But if I'm the Lakers, I know what you said about the trade. If I'm the Lakers, I'm making this trade. Why? Because yes, we have not too inspiring options in Wendell Gabriel and Damian Jones. I get it, but Zach Levine though can help. You cover up all those deficiencies, and these guys can just be tasked with just Hell no. and lobs. Listen, I'm wait, telling you, bro. How, I'm wait, telling you. How can he help when it comes to rebounding? When it like, yo, bro, well, that's good rebounders. Imagine, no, wait, but imagine the Lakers going against the Bucks. You imagine the, the Lakers going against the Bucks? Don't it don't matter? Playoff Who, time, wait, what bro, matters? What do you mean? Doesn't matter? Don't matter. Listen, the East has much better senses than the than the West. I would agree with you on that, but it's the East. The West is a bit much more uh it's it's much more manageable for the Lakers to do to go a season with Damon Jones and Wendy Gable as their options aside from Anthony Davis, purely. If they yeah, if they make I a really think, exactly but I really thing. think that you're undervaluing the big men because if you look at it, most teams in the NBA that are at least contending at least have a respectable big man like up there. Okay. If the Lakers trade Anthony Davis, let's say it what it is. They would not have a respectable big man up there. Like, let's be real. T- big men would feast on the Lakers if they get rid of AD, right? Let's So, look, yes. let me just look at the contenders real quick, right? The Suns have DeAndre Ayton, right? Ayton's not no great player, and but he's very good. And he would tear Damian Jones, Stanley Johnson, Wendy Gabriel. He would tear them to pieces. Okay, okay. Right? Hold on, that's one. Grizzlies, Steven Adams would destroy them. Jaron Jackson would – no. Steven Jackson was – Yo, oh, well, not Stephen Jackson. Stephen Adams would start for the – yo, Stephen Adams would be their best center if they got rid of AD. He'd be their best big man if they got rid of AD. On top of that, Jaron yeah. Jackson is better than both of them or all three of those okay, guys. he is. He is. Put together, right? Yes. Okay, now hold on. What I also do like want to say before I continue, right, is okay. that Damian Jones, Stanley Johnson, Wendon Gabriel would barely make the roster for some of these other teams that are also competing, right? Let's <laughs> keep it a buck here. Look, right? 
The Warriors say that because they play on the Kings. Damon Jones was good on the Kings last year. No, but what I'm saying is that they barely beat teams like guys who are getting like significant minutes, like on other no, like, on other contending teams. That's what I'm saying. Now, okay. look, you have the Warriors, right? I'm not a big fan of Draymond Green, but again, he'd be better than all their big men if they get rid of AD. And then on top of that, Kevon Looney is better than all their big men. And then there's still the question of what will James well, what will James Wiseman be when he comes back? And James Wiseman with his potential is better than all three of those guys if AD is gone. Debatable. Now, let's move on to the Mavericks. Now, this is where it's a bit even. But Christian Woods is there. Christian Woods would feast on those guys. Come on now. Feast? Now, the Utah Jazz. I think the you're Utah Jazz. these guys. Hold on, wait. The Utah Jazz, I'm with you there. I don't really know what their big man thing would be. But to me, the Utah Jazz aren't a team that are going to be competing next year. Then you go to the Nuggets, Jokic. Come on. Okay. That, that's all I got to say. Then you got the Timberwolves, Cat and Rudy Gobert, right? Then you got the Pelicans. Um, I'm drawing Valachunas. a blank here. I'm drawing a blank. But Zion is the Val- – is... Valachunas and Zion. Yep, Zion and uh, – come on. Shoot, then you have the Clippers. Because why would you say that Zubac – Zubac? Zubac is not that much better than them. But Zubak would start for the Lakers right now if AD is traded. Come on now. I don't know about all of that. All right. All I don't right. know about all of that. No, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> listen, listen. All right. I'll, argue, I'll give you. argue that the Lakers won't even have a better front court than, than the Kings. No. <laughs> the Kings got, I, I'll give you the fact the that they're going to have a struggle with trying to be impactful in the front court than if they would have had AD going to next season. But all they got to do is just rebound the ball which is not that bad of a job to do. And on top of that, you'd have Zach Levine to cover up the deficiencies of the team. So it's not that terrible. It's really not. Okay, okay, I got you, I got you. Now, look, um, let's move on, though, right? Because there's also some more tra- – look, it's been trade-heavy focused, okay, guys? Because Donovan Mitchell, right? Let's kind of talk about it. We talked about it last week where you were saying that you would give up a lot for Donovan Mitchell. I'm saying that I would not give up that much for Donovan Mitchell. But – Right, so the Utah Jazz won a significant upgrade from the Knicks' offer of Fournier, Toppin, and five first-round picks. So they want again Fournier, Toppin, and more than five first-round picks. They want a bigger upgrade than that. Now I already know, as I said, I wouldn't do it. Last week we talked about it, but seeing that they want more than even that, would you still make this trade? Yes, because I'm not a big believer of Evan Fournier, so he can kick the rocks, right? I know you talked you talked about Obi Toppin last week. Okay, he's a good player. He's a, a good developing player, but also he's one of the young core players on the team that would be gone in this deal. So he can kick the rocks. And five first round picks. I mean, if you're the Knicks, what was all that work of trying to get all these first round picks for? If you don't really like, unless you really believe in your talent and you believe in your development process of giving players the chances to succeed, then so be it. But if you don't really believe in that, then these first five round picks, uh, uh, I mean, these five first round picks, sorry, and plus more is fine for me for Donovan Mitchell. So, yes, if you find a way to keep RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, Quentin Grimes, uh, Emmanuel quickly in this deal, and you still get Donovan Mitchell, and on top of that, add Jalen Brunson, then yes, of course, you do this deal. You don't care about Evan Fournier. Yeah, Obi Toppin is a nice player, but you don't care about Obi Toppin either. Listen, do the deal and start the rebuilding process or the foundation process. I wouldn't say rebuilding. The foundation process nicely. And then we can talk about the Knicks being superstar contenders in the next three to four years. Okay. Um, yeah, man. I think that the Jazz, like, again, like it's going to be steep uh, to get Donovan Mitchell. 
to me, if if you're the Knicks, there's no point in doing the uh, in doing the deal. You know, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like to me, if you're gonna do this deal, you got to be a team that's ready to win now. So, i.e., the Miami Heat, or you know, like another team that's gonna be contending when they get Mitchell. Not a team that's gonna get Mitchell and then look to rebuild, but then you have no young assets or no future picks to rebuild with. So it it just doesn't really make sense. So, yeah. But okay, so let me ask you a question, right? Mm-hmm. You were trying to make the argument that they would give up this their whole talent, their young core last week, right? Because they'd be sending those players and they'd pretty much have nothing after getting down from Mitchell, right? And I still would do the deal regardless of that happened. Now we're talking about giving up Evan Fournier, one young player, and a couple of first-round picks for D. Mitchell. And you still say that's not a good deal for them? Uh like it's a that's a steal. <laughs> you keep RJ Barrett, you keep Quentin Grimes, you keep Emmanuel quickly, and these guys are all overrated, by the way, except for RJ Barrett. Like, yo, you keep all these players and you get Donovan Mitchell and you ship out Evan Fournier and you ship out Obi Toppin, who by the way, to me, is good, but he's not that great, like you guys keep on saying he is. That's a steal. What are we Wait, talking okay. about here? Ah, uh, yeah, all right, fair. Fair, the heck, fair. Yo? But again, you but again, but no, no, yes. But again, though, my thing is, my my whole thing is, there's no point in trading for this guy when it's going to be difficult to get him and you're not going to compete. That's all that I'm saying is. So only a team that's going to contend should be giving up this much. That That's all that I'm saying. That, that, that's all that I'm saying, bro, is that if you're not going to, like, you're not going to win with him. Even in the next four or five years, you're probably not going to win with him. So why do this trade? It just does not make any sense. The Miami Heat should be doing this trade. That's who should be doing this trade is the Heat or maybe a team in like the Western Conference where they need maybe that extra piece. And then they're in the conversation like they're even though the Heat are already in the conversation, but now they're taking more serious because of the extra piece. Not a team that even with him is not going to still be in the conversation. That's all that I'm saying. Okay, so at what point in time do the Knicks prioritize winning? Bro. They can prioritize winning right now. And guess what? They're still not going to. So it doesn't matter. They have a better chance with Mitchell. They have a better chance with Mitchell than they do have Yeah, no, yes. No, yes. No, yes. What the Knicks have right now is a better chance of being the sixth or seventh seed. Yes. So if that's what you want to do. No, it's not. If that's what you want to do, then go ahead and do that. But to me, it doesn't make any sense. That's all that I'm saying. Are you saying that with Donovan Mitchell? Yes. Okay. With Donovan Mitchell. The Knicks have a chance of being the sixth or seventh seed. Okay. But in the first year, though, now we get into that, that's their yeah, ceiling. The in first year. That's their now ceiling. We get into what will they do in the future years when he's on the team? And how will they work the team roster to try and build up around him so that they could win more games and be a consistent factor in the East? Okay. I mean, look, again, we're going to, again, have to agree to disagree, man. Speed up! Like, you guys want an improved offer? Kick rocks, bro. Because, because, right, Because right. the thing is, right, and then people might say, oh, well, you want KD to get traded for a lot. Yeah, because it's two different situations. The Utah Jazz have so many draft picks, and the Utah Jazz also own their draft picks. So the Jazz can afford to rebuild. The Jazz don't need to compete because no other team owns their picks. So the Jazz are trying to rebuild. The Jazz are not trying to win right now. So my opinion, you shouldn't be looking for ext- like an extreme value for him in terms of 
you know, other players. Now, maybe just the picks. But, again, if I'm not going to be winning with Mitchell, there's no point in me trading for him. But, look, let's move on. Talk to me about Tyrese Halliburton, bro. I kind of saw, you know, he was talking about how he was still sad about when the Kings traded him. But now it's time to move on from that. And I like Tyrese Halliburton. I think he's a very good young point guard. But, I mean, like, what do you think about it? What he was kind of coming out saying. I mean, I kind of understand him from where he's coming from, right? Because players, you know, you have so much loyalty to a team where you get drafted to. And it's like you don't want to leave that team because you're so grateful for them giving you a chance in the NBA. And it's so tough to make it to the NBA where I kind of get where he's coming from, right? But still, though, Mm -hmm. Tyrese, don't – it's not from – it's not coming from me because of the fact that the Kings are a bad organization. They're a bad franchise. They haven't made the playoffs in the past, uh, what, how many years now? So it's been slow for them for a long time. But still, though, this comment is – it worries me a bit because why would you want to commit to the Kings long-term if you don't know exactly how long term would benefit you and, and your family in the future, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not about the Kings itself, but it's about you and how you may benefit as a player, as a person long term. So for me personally, I would never commit to any organization, whether it be the Kings or the the Warriors for that matter, because you just never know what things could happen on in the future where it may not benefit you, it may not suit you enough for you to stay on that team. So I think that yeah. personally, at this point in time. He's in a better situation with the Pacers. They're not a they're just a good young team, not a great young team, but they have some pieces there. So that's that's a good thing, right? And you have a chance to really make your imprint on that team. And they can grow as a unit together. Now, whether or not they're going to win games enough to be relevant in the East is another thing. But ultimately, though, it's still a better situation for me. So I don't I don't see the problem with him uh showing resentment for his former team, but it's not a big deal for me. It's really not. Yeah, so this is where I kind of come up when I say that I don't really blame players when they decide to switch teams or, like, when they want to screw teams over. Because also, right, I think what people aren't really realizing is that the Kings denied that he was in trade discussions, right? Like, they told him that he was not in trade rumors just for them to go on and trade him. I mean, the Kings are an absolute terrible franchise. I mean, like, there's a reason why they are the team that's I think, went the most consecutive seasons without making the playoffs. I think the Mm -hmm. Kings haven't made the playoffs since I was in about second grade. I've now graduated college two years ago. Like, the Kings are absolutely garbage. Terrible franchise. And I think if you're any star player, why the hell do you want to be in Sacramento? Like, if you're a De'Aaron Fox, if you're – I mean, I don't really care about DeMontis Sabonis too much. He's a good player as well. But if, like, if you're these guys, you can't possibly see a future in Sacramento, right? I mean, like, the fact that Tyrese Halliburton is – in my opinion, he is one of the best young point guards in the NBA. In terms of just like that next like generation, when you like look ahead, you do kind of put him in the mix of point guards that should be very serviceable, that can possibly be an all-star. I think that he has that potential, in my opinion. I think he's, you know, he's a very good player. And the fact that they denied it to him is kind of why I understand why he'd say that the Kings are the only resentment that he has, because that pissed me off too. And, you know, again, here I come with another well, great analogy. That's like if you ask your girlfriend, is she cheating? She says no. Next thing you know, you find a, like another man's Jordans inside your house. Oh, not the Jordans! Oh, you ain't never seen those before, bro. What size you wear, bro? Oh, 10. 10? Them size twelve. Some size twelve. That's some size, size, size twelve. Hell no! Like why not? Have just kept it real with me, right? Yo, but you know, I think the only thing the Kings did Tyrese Halliburton a favor by trading him because again, who the hell wants to play in Sacramento? The only thing. I would be mad about the only thing. There's one thing. One thing. Okay. Why the hell I got traded to Indiana? God damn. I mean, <laughs> I just went from Sacramento to Indiana. I mean, talk about two places that nobody wants to be. Yo, fast. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
like it's better, but it's like 0.5 better. You feel me? Like, yo, it's not that big of a difference. <laughs> like, yo, yo, look, yo, look, let's go back to the restaurant analogies. I wanted Ruth Chris, or no matter of fact, because look, because Ruth Chris, that'd be like getting traded to like let's say like the Warriors, something like that, right? Okay, Obviously, yeah. talking about breaking traded. Let's say, let's say I want TGI Fridays, right? Yeah. You know, middle of the pack, maybe the Knicks. Yeah. TGI Fridays. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, the Knicks need yeah. a point guard before they got Brunson. The Knicks yes. need a point guard. I think Halliburton's better than Jalen Brunson, in my opinion. Like to me, I think that he is better. That, but we don't have to argue that. We don't have to get into that. But let me say, I want Fridays. You know, give me the Knicks, right? Okay. You know, send me to like a nice market team. Not a team that's contending, but maybe I could build there, right? And then you send me to White Castle. <laughs> that's like, bro. Nah, nah. It's, it's worth it. Bro, bro. Like White that, Castle. Bro. It's worse than White Castle? Yo, you sent me from the corner store to a larger corner store. You feel me? Like, yo. That's the, it's not even White Castle because White Castle is like the Thunder. You, you know what I'm saying? Oklahoma City Thunder. That's what White Castle oh, is. Oh man, nah, man, man. man. But, larger corner store. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, man. Look, the Kings absolute shambles of organization. I mean, to me, that's messed up, man. Like, just keep it real. But then you always see these players get labeled as the bad guy when they want to do what's best for them. But when teams do what's best for them, nobody really complains about it. It's just messed up. It's a messed up situation, in my opinion. But Look, man, I wish Tyrese Halliburton all the best, but again, you should be thanking the uh, the Kings that they trade you. That's a de- like that's where players go to die. Like you, you don't succeed in Sacramento. <laughs> die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a bit of a stretch, bro. <laughs> Yo, no, bro, to die. That's a bit of a stretch. Like that's gonna be the same thing. Like with Sabonis, the guy is like, "Yes, I'm out of Indiana. You're going to Sacramento." Ah, like. <laughs> It's like, bro, I'm always just stayed here. Like, that's a fact. That's a fact. It's like, what's the point, man? What's the point? But, you know, I, I do think that Halliburton will be a good point guard, but he needs to find a way out of the Indiana. I'm not going to lie. He, he needs to find a way out of that team, bro. And I kind of did think that it was weird because why did they draft him, right? Like, why did the Kings draft him when they had De'Aaron Fox as a point guard? It's like yep. two point guards in the backcourt. Now, it worked out because you could say that they yeah. worked together. But I can't believe that so many teams let Halliburton fall to, like, what, 13? Yeah, that's crazy. Well, 13th, the Knicks passed up on him. So, you know, big mistake on those teams' parts. But, look, let's move on, though. Last topic, you know, um, let's talk about Dennis Rodman, man. Dennis Rodman. Who thought that we'd be talking about him in 2022, right? right? That boy is making moves. Now, allegedly, Dennis Rodman says that he's going to go to Russia because he thinks that he can free or help get Brittany Griner free. What do you think about Dennis Rodman saying that he, <laughs> yeah. he can do that? Yo, Dennis Rodman is a mystical kind of guy, man. So I'm not putting anything past him because he has formed a lot of great relationships in the past between Trump and I'm guessing Kim Jong Kim Kim Jong Un. I think that's how you say his name, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Poon as well too. So he's had some some unorthodox relationships with, with these kind of people and i'm sure he has something where he could say to uh the russian uh government where they can find a way to release britney griner but to be honest though i don't really see how it happens because what, what kind of pool do you have to release a person that is indicted for nine years like come on now it makes no sense to me at all but i wouldn't be surprised though i would not be surprised if it happens because dennis rodman once again is a guy of many wonders 
People yeah. know him from The Last Dance. A guy of many wonders. He just does stuff. And you're like, why did he do that for? But it suits him. It works for him. And I'm sure that some other people like that about himself, where he can be comfortable, do whatever he wants. And because of that, he has some pull with some of the big game guys, the big name, the big boys. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. it's possible. It's very possible. But I don't know. I, I don't know how he's going to do it. Let's Yo, see what happens. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of weird that I have more faith in Dennis Rodman over our president. I I actually do think that we could see some progress being made. Now, maybe yes. Dennis Rodman could say, yo, you know, like, you know, like, let's work something out where maybe he, you know, like he'll coach basketball there for like a little bit and then she'll help him coach. You know, I don't know. But again, who the hell would have saw Dennis Rodman <laughs> being almost Bro. best friends with a dictator of a Fact. nation? Okay. Fact. <laughs> like this guy is legitimately friends. With Kim Jong-un, okay? If there's anybody that I think can go there and be friends with Putin, I think it's Dennis Rodman. Look, he's a weird guy. And he just gets it. Like, he's, look, and let's be real. He's probably a good people person, right? People probably just like him. And, you know, I I thought it was a bit funny. You know, people are kind of making jokes about it. But I think Dennis Rodman might be able to, especially if he's going there. That means that the government probably have accepted him to come. Because I doubt that he just flew there on his own without, you know, anybody knowing this. So, I'm going to see what happens. I mean, it's definitely something to keep your eye on, though. Do you agree? Of course, of course. And, yo, if you're a Britney Griner, like, this is no joke aside. All all jokes aside, sorry. Like, he's probably your only best option right now. Let's be honest here. Because the U.S. government, I I haven't seen any movement whatsoever that has led me to believe. Now, there may be some things undercover where we're not seeing at this point in time, but I haven't really seen any movement. And if Dennis Rodman is going down there to try and free you, Right, he's your best option right now. So if you, if I were you, Brittany Grant, I'd be praying, I'd be hoping that he gets the job done because if he has that kind of pull, then she's coming home. She's coming Yo, home. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Reportedly, you know, Russia's asking for like a trade kind of trade package for Brittany Griner, man. I'm mm. talking about like they want like an all star and they want like ten unprotected first round picks. Yeah. So I think like that's kind of like what's made it hard though, you know, just like what they want to release her. It's kind of not fair. I mean, like a WNBA player or an armed smuggler, basically a terrorist that could be responsible for the deaths of millions of people in the future if he does decide to come out and continue his past, you know, ways. Max. So I don't, Max. yo, look, man, Dennis Rodman got to go down there and he got to get something done, man, because I Max. tell you what, like, you know, it, it's tricky. It's tricky, man. And we have to see what goes on with that. But funny enough, I actually do have some faith in him. So. Me too. I mean, <laughs> Me too. Like it's Me weird, too. bro. But let us know what you guys think about that. Yo, we're gonna end the episode off here, man. Great episode of Game Breakers today, man. Action packed with my guy Edwin. Yo, yeah. you have anything to say before we end it off, man? Yo, man, another great episode on a Monday afternoon. Stay tuned for more Game Breakers, and we'll be back on Wednesday. You know what time it is, man. All right, man. We'll catch you guys later. We're going.